Trigger warning. Trigger warning. If you do find this not helpful at the moment, don't feel like you have There's to There's any keep... pressure to listen yeah. whatsoever. Know that Georgia and I care about you and that we love you and that we want what's best for you. Yeah. If this podcast is not aiding you in your recovery and your mental state and how your day is going, please do not feel any pressure or need to listen to it. Yeah, just take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. Also, Georgia and I are not professionals at all no. when it comes to Like, we're, we don't have degrees in this. No, we're not. We not. No, <laughs> no, we are just two girls who are recovering from eating disorders themselves, wanting to share our stories right. and shed some light on some topics that may be harder to talk about. There will right. also be many resources in our description box. So if there's any point during this episode, any point at all, that you feel like that you need that little bit of extra support, no, there's no judgment. There's nothing wrong with you needing that and that feel free to use them and that we support you and that we are so proud of you. Yes. Yeah. Picture me this. I'm here. We eat the fucking food. We eat the fucking food. <laughs> I just took my um my mental health medication and I washed it down with an energy drink. Are you taking yours too right now? Look at us go. Gabba, 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 gabba. We love I fluorexetine. Yeah, here's a fun fact for everybody real quick before we get started in the episode is that Darcy literally refused to drink water when we were in a rest. Yeah, it wasn't the best. <laughs> but, but we've moved on and I do now consume H2O. Yay, Darcy. For hydrating. Yep. Oh, nice. Okay, on that note, welcome to We Eat the Fucking Food. Thank you. Yeah, my name is Lauren. I'm so happy you're back here. Okay, so for those who are new, my name is Lauren, and this is the podcast in which we talk about eating disorders and recovery and just all that fun stuff that comes along with it. And today on this Zoom, we have joining us Darcy Dardar. Some of you may remember Darcy from our third episode. We talked about diet culture. We had Darcy on. Darcy, can you reintroduce yourself though for the folks who may not have listened to that slash need a little reminder on who you are and our relationship. Talk about our relationship. Yeah. So, and interrupt me if I don't say all of it because I'm okay. not sure how many details you want. Okay. I'm Darcy, Lauren, and I were in residential in Chicago. Whoa! Whoa! What, a year and a half ago now? That's crazy. Wow. wow, a year and a half ago. Um, I consider myself recovered from eating disorder. I was in treatment in and out for like three, four years. And now I work on campus at my college campus. I go to University of Texas at Dallas. And I work with students in recovery um, from like anything, not just eating disorders. And I rock climb. And my pronouns are she, they. Darcy's such a badass. Uh, yeah, so Darcy was my first roommate in res. And I know I shared this story on the first time that Darcy was on this podcast. But we literally, one of my favorite things about our relationship is that when we first met, we were like, mm, I don't know if I like this girl. I don't really know if I'm vibing with her. And then we're like, so are you going to be roommates? We were both like, oh, and they were roommates. But honestly, getting to be Darcy's roommate during our time at rest together was probably one of the highlights, if not the highlight of being there because yeah, chef's guess. Wonderful. Dardar, let's catch up. Let's do it. Let's do it. Darcy, what was your high of the week? 
let me take a brief glance at my calendar. This is exactly what you did last time, too. This is the exact same thing that you did last time, as if that this is going to jog your memory. Um, it actually does, and I do this every session with my therapist, too. She's like, so, how was your week? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Let's jog Let's look back. Let's look back at it, shall we? Okay. I think my high of the week was probably I just started a new job on campus, and we had um, an event for students to raise awareness for drunk driving ahead of spring break, which is next week for us. And we had drunk goggles to hand students and tricycles and a obstacle course set up. And we had them put on drunk goggles and a tricycle course. And it was really funny. And I did it myself. And I was really good and it concerned some people. But that's beside the point. That was, nice. it was really fun. That's a, that's a really good high. I'm yeah, I'm trying to think of my high, because I, I always think about my highs and lows before I come to record an episode. That would and be I, good, also for me to do in therapy, but I'm not. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, you actually think that if it works for you, it works for you. Works. My high of this week. You hypocrite. Stop. <laughs> no, because I legitimately, I've been thinking about this since yesterday. I was like, okay, so this is going to be my high of this week. And I also know what my low of this week is going to be. Oh my god. I feel like you do. Stop. I do. But I do. Okay. Today's Wednesday? Sure is. What did I do this week? Monday I had classes. Oh my gosh, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember. <laughs> ah, okay. So as I stated in last week's episode, I am in a musical this spring. I'm in the Adams family at my school. I'm really excited. So, yeah, we start after spring break, and spring break's next week for us as well. And we had to have our costume fittings this past week, and I was – your girl was nervous. I was really nervous because I was like, I don't want to be measured. I don't I, – I think that's going to trigger me. I don't think it's going to be a good time for me. And so I was, like, really, really, like, trying to, like, cope ahead or just, I don't know, prepare myself mentally as much as I possibly could. And when I got there, it ended up being a great time. I love our costume designer. I'd, I've worked with her previously in a couple other shows that I did on campus. So, like, I know her. So, it was, like, nice to have the familiar face. And to and she also knows about my – who doesn't know about my eating disorder? If somebody doesn't know about my eating disorder in my life, it's a secret. Don't tell anybody. Shh. Um, shh don't tell. But it was just a really, like – I don't know. I was, like, I left happy. I left, like, happy, and I was not anticipating – leaving happy my low of the week though kind of tags along with it I've been having some like really mm, high urges recently I've been sitting through discomfort again I feel like I keep like cycling where it's like I'll have like a really good week and then like a couple like bad weeks and then I'll have another really good week and it's just like figuring out how to average that out or to not let the like the low weeks really impact me as much as they kind of do but so after yesterday, after the costume fitting, I did a little bit. I was a little triggered, but nothing like there that triggered it. I think it was just because of the fact that I anticipated it so much and also because I've been having to sell or give away a lot of my clothing and a lot of like my sick clothing. And it's made me yearn for or like grieve my sick body like I kind of like miss it as like jaded as that is and how much I wish that like I didn't because other times I look at myself and I'm like I like my body but again I don't want to have any like positive or negative feelings about my body I just want to exist but I'm still not at that stage of just being able to like exist 
So on the days that I'm reminded that I'm in recovery and I'm in a ever restoring body at this point, does get a little upsetting. But nonetheless, what went recovery wise, she fueled herself. She can she still fueled herself the whole entire day. And I ate some fear foods or some bitch foods yesterday too. So yeah, that's what's going well in my recovery right now. Dardar, what was your low of the week? And then also what's been do you can you answer what's been going well in like your recovery? Because I know that you say that you're recovered. So just what's been going well this week for you? We'll change that. Um what's too. going well for me this week is well this is kind of my low and what's going well this week. So okay. a low is that I woke up this morning and realized that I had an exam yesterday. Um, and it was online, but it was only open for 24 hours and I really panicked. So I emailed my professor and asked, I told her I was away traveling and didn't have internet. Uh, which How true. Darcy, where are you, where are we traveling to? Where are you traveling to? Traveled to work only. That's travel. But she opened the exam and was only a little bit passive aggressive, which is to be expected. You know, she emailed us like four times about this fucking exam. I still didn't remember. But what's going well is I took it this morning. And I'm better than a zero. I have no idea what my grade is, but it's better than a zero. That is true. That's a great way to look at it. That's a really good way to look at it, Dars. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, And I had a point. What was your... Um... Was it about my sick body? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the fun parts that, I mean, not this part wasn't really fun, but I did the same thing after I stepped down, I think from PHP, I got rid of all my clothes that did not fit me. And I was at a point in my recovery where like, that was really empowering. And it was nice to be able to like, I've been holding onto these clothes for so long and like wearing them in cycles. And it was so nice, just like, even though I loved the clothes and I was sad to not be able to wear them, it wasn't because, like, my body didn't fit them. It was because I just, like, they, they weren't congruent with my life anymore. And another thing is that you said how you don't want to, like, love or hate your body or you just want it to exist. Like, you just yeah. want to exist in your body and that's the thing. And I didn't really realize until you said that that is how I exist right now. Like, sometimes I look in the mirror and I just, like, love it. And then lots of times, I don't, I wouldn't say I ever look in the mirror and I'm like, ugh, but I just don't look in the mirror a lot of the time. I just don't, like I get dressed and make sure my outfit matches, but I don't like body check at all. I don't look at my, my appearance. It's really just to make sure that I don't clash. And that's really fun because it doesn't take up like my life and there's so much more room for activities in my brain. When I love that. Body checking all the time. I feel like I'm in like that same ish stage when it comes to like the empowerment of like getting rid of my clothes. Like I'm not kidding, Darcy. When I say I've gone to Plato's closet, it's gonna be three times just like of giving of selling my pants because I just keep like it's like empowering and it makes me happy to do it and I'm proud that I'm actually like getting rid of them versus I know and that's what I feel like makes this different than previous times because previous times I know that I would have like hung on to some of the pants like if I had like one of my favorite pairs like I caught myself almost doing that with like a pair of shorts I was like well maybe I'll fit in these one summertime like girls around and I was like no why do I want to no no I'm like that doesn't make any sense to have to be keeping these so that's like empowering but also there's just like I don't know I can't explain it because it's I think it's just 
I can't explain it. I think it's my eating disorder and my internalized fat phobia that I have and just like diet culture, obviously those like thoughts and my still orthorexic thoughts that I may have of that guilt of like feeling like I'm like doing the wrong thing by like getting rid of it. But it's also nice because I feel like once all of those clothes are like out of my life and I don't even have to like think about the fact that like, oh, are these pants going to fit? Oh, is this dress going to fit me the same way it did? Like to not even have those clothes and to have complete, be completely able to like revamp and restart my like wardrobe makes me feel like even more distant from my sick body because I'm like, well, it's like, I have nothing to compare it to, or like, I can't compare like my clothes, which is exciting. And, and I love shopping, but also it's just, I feel like, and that's like the thing with like recovery is I feel like that there's always like, I'm at least in a place right now where there's like two sides to like all of it. Like, I feel like I'm holding dialectics or like being able to like see the side of my, like what my disorder wants versus like what the recovered Lauren is striving for and moving towards and just like that push and pull and deciding to go to push myself this time a little bit more than I did the times before, like constantly just a little bit more like each day. I'm just praying and hoping that eventually I'm not, I don't, I'm not praying. I'm not religious. We'll take, I don't know if I'll take that part. (laughs) I'm metaphorically praying. If I were to pray, I'd be praying right now. Yeah. That this is going to be a stage that's over sooner rather than later. How long, this is not just a question now, how long do you feel like it took you to like move past, do you feel like, not that there was like a flip, but do you feel like that like once you had the like recovery realization that it's been more of like, I know because recovery is not linear, but like a more of a linear pathway to get to where you are right now? Or do you still feel like that there was a lot of like back and forth and back and forth until one day you were just like, oh, wait a second, I don't feel like it's really back and forth anymore. Um, it was back and forth. Well, for the first, like, two and a half years, it was just completely down. Mm-hmm. But I'd have, like, some, you know, imagine a graph, like a scatter plot graph. And it was just always low, but it had, like, peaks, but the peaks were still low. Yeah. You know? Until the last time I was in PHP, um, I was partaking um, in some cannabis. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. I was smoking. Yeah. And I- and I obviously had been in res for a while so I clearly was like not smoking there and then I was sitting on the couch one night thinking about how I really wanted to restrict and I also really wanted them to lower my meal plan and I sat there this has been an ongoing thing like I've wanted to restrict before I've wanted my meal plan lowered before I've wanted those things at the same time but for some reason, this time it was different. And I was sitting there and I was like, well, why would I restrict if I want them to lower my meal plan? Like, it doesn't make any sense because they're going to think that this meal plan's appropriate when I'm not even following it, you know? Yeah. So I sat there and I was like, well, like, I'll just eat. It was kind of like a half-hearted way of motivating myself of like, well, I'll just won't restrict right now because like I want them to lower my meal plan. So I just didn't act on behaviors. And then... I just like never acted on behaviors again. And I, I don't know that it was, this is, a, there's still a part of me that doesn't really understand my recovery because it did almost just flip like a switch. Cause once I knew, you know, part of my recovery was doing things and like recognizing things that were different. So part of it was getting rid of clothes. Like 
I had never done that before. I kept those clothes every single time I recovered and relapsed or relapsed and on relapse. I didn't recover, but I just, I kept the clothes and I didn't do things different. And then a huge part of me sustaining recovery this time or the last time was like doing all these things and recognizing that they were different. Like I emptied my backpack and I put some school stuff in it instead of treatment stuff. And that was really huge for me because I never had a need for that before and I was able to go to school now and getting rid of clothes and like going and having little fire pits at my sister's house with my friends and you know like eating high and being able to eat snacks and not care about it like that was huge for me and going to college and being able to go to the dining hall and just like eat whatever I wanted was huge for me and just all of those little things kind of accumulated to like life being worth living in recovery versus it being okay to lose like I Part of the thing I think that led to my recovery was like I had things to lose at that point before I, I wasn't in school. I didn't have a job. I was living with my parents and it just didn't matter to me if I relapsed or not. I was unhappy in quasi recovery and it didn't feel like recovery was ever going to happen. So the only other answer was relapse. Mm-hmm. And in this last time, you know, I had responsibility for myself and I was outside of my home and I was away from people I knew and I just had this chance that I recognized that I had this chance to like be whoever I wanted and do whatever I wanted and I knew that moving into my dorm like I had never been in my eating disorder in that dorm I had never used behaviors in that dorm and I really wanted to keep it that way um and I did I'm so proud of you can I tell you where I think I'm in my recovery right now or just a thought that popped up in my head I feel like every single day I wake up and I'm like, yeah, I'm restricting. I was like, yeah, today's a day where I hate my body. And I'm like, I just like, I want to go into behaviors. Like I want my eating disorder back. I'm not happy with where I am right now. But then like, as the day like goes on and on and on, like, I just am like, that's stupid. Why did I wake up thinking that? Like, that's not the recovery, healthy decision to be like making. And then I don't make it, but I feel like I'm just in a cycle. And that's what happens during my cycles of like my quote unquote bad weeks or my sad weeks. It's never like I'm actually engaging in my behaviors. It's just I wake up with the extreme urge to engage in behaviors. And maybe for the first half of the day, I let it maybe like dictate like the first three hours that I'm awake. But then like once I push myself over a hump of those urges and actually get my day like moving and everything, then they like go away. But it's like that'll happen for like a span of like two weeks and then I'll have a week where it's like I don't even think about it yeah at all that's where I like it gets hard to convince yourself you know I had this this thing ongoing thing in my eating disorder like I wanted people to know how sick I was like I wanted people I wanted my exterior to match my interior and the interior was so dark and like so full of hatred and so lonely that like I just wanted everyone else to understand how I was feeling and I used behaviors to like show that to people so in my head I was like well if I'm not using behaviors people are gonna think I'm fine and some people go the opposite way of like wanting to hide and like convince their team that they're doing well you know lie to people around them and I never did that I never lied because I didn't care to lie and I think to bring it back to you like just because I don't know if you're in a place of like trying to convince yourself you're not struggling or trying to like make sure that people know you are struggling, Mm -hmm. but like it matters way less than we like to think whether or not you're acting on behaviors to the people that know that that doesn't matter. 
Like, I hope that your team, as my team did, recognize that, like, just because I wasn't restricting or because I wasn't acting on any behaviors, that, like, I was fine. Yeah. And I think that's really important for, like, team members to recognize and for individuals to recognize that, like, just because you woke up with that thought and didn't act on it doesn't mean, one, you're relapsing, or two, that you're, like, cured. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, because what I feel like I'm doing right now is I'm just, like, existing in this, like, discomfort. And I mentioned this, like, in last episode, how I feel like I've never, like, allowed myself to sit in the discomfort of recovery. Like, unco- recovery is so uncomfortable for me right now. But it's it's not, like, a discomfort that, like, I, I can't stand. Like, I can't, like, sit through it as, like, that much, like uncomfortable that I like need to fix it like here and now it's like I have urges of wanting to fix it urges of wanting to make that discomfort go away but I'm not allowing myself to do it in like a positive way or even like a negative way but I don't know if that's like encourage not like encouraging me to stay in this kind of like meh mood mid I'm just feeling really mid right now really mid that's really mid but like if that feeling of mid is just something that's like actually like that's normal like that's life to exist in the mid and not have such like high highs and low lows or and that's something that like a person who's so used to having these extremes in life as like I am has to get used to or if that is not normal and it's just like a stage that I'm in like, with you in recovery, I guess I'm also now asking your advice on recovery. Like, with where you're at, like, do you feel like your days are mid? Or, like, do you feel like that you're having these still, like, highs of, like, good days and your days are all more just, like, not if you're looking at it, like, in a scale, I guess. Like, you have your low, low days of, like, yeah. Okay. Well, for those viewers that may not understand the question, you have, like, your low, low days and, like, your high, high days and your middays, and I'm existing in the middays, but, like, are you existing in, like, a mid-high day, or are you existing in, like, a mid-low day? I would say, so, I think one of my misconceptions about recovery was that, like, I feel like everyone in treatment, all your providers always want to, they want to emphasize the good of recovery, obviously. Yeah. And it's maybe scary to have a client with you and be like, by the way, recovery is, like, not all it's cracked up to be. And that's not true. Recovery is all it's cracked up to be, but it's also... It doesn't, like, solve life. You know, I don't have an eating disorder now, but I also am bipolar. So the highs and the lows are there, and they do peak a lot, but with medication, it's gotten better. But life is sometimes just good, and that doesn't mean it's bad. Like, I love my life, and I love the people in my life, but, like, it's I live an average life, and it's not that I don't dislike it, but, like, I don't just live in this constant state of, like, highs. You know, I'm I'm happy but I'm not just always like beaming with joy and like excited to wake up in the morning. And it's like never going to be worse than it was when you disorder. Yeah. And I think that's something that like I didn't realize would happen, especially the first couple of times like I would recover. Like I thought that if I was able to get rid of my eating disorder, that I would be living in like say high days and that I wouldn't feel like as mid and that it, always is that like the first I want to say like the first month whenever I'm coming off of a relapse the first month that I'm back in quote-unquote recovery or what I had believed to be recovery is always more of like the rose-colored glasses that are I'm also wearing during my time of like relapse like the mid-relapse when I'm not 
needing treatment, but I'm also not like recovering where it's like I'm existing in like this okay quasi recovery. And then after like recovering seriously for about like a month or two, that's when it starts to just like everything kind of like hits. And I feel like that like weight of what recovery like actually is. Yeah. I mean, immediately into like a period of recovery, it's like everything. And I experienced the same thing. I moved to college and everything was just glorious. I was like, I can go wherever I want, whenever I want. Like I don't have treatment. I don't have people like checking in on me, asking if I ate or drink water. Mm -hmm. And it was just like euphoric. It was just amazing. Like every single thing I wanted to document all these things. And I wanted to tell everyone all these things that I was doing that are like very normal for quote unquote normal people. And, but like, it just felt so special to be able to do that. And then slowly, I mean, it took months for that to go away, but slowly it went away. But at that point, you know, I was far enough into recovery to where I understood what was going on, but I also never had anyone to like explain that to me. Like a lot of recovery, I feel like they, they walk you through early recovery and then they just set you free, like hope for the best. And that was, I mean, a long lasting period, but a lot of what would happen before that was the same thing you're explaining of like, I would go, I would have my, it was really short. It was like three or four days, always three or four days. And then those days would end and I would just be like, shit, like I knew this wasn't going to last. And then I took that as just like, what was going to happen? Like I was just, it was relapsed. Then. Like it, there was never any way back up from that. Yeah. So okay. I think it's like, your life isn't going to be perfect in recovery. It's just not going to have any disorder. And it's weird because I feel like when it comes to treatment and even like influencer accounts and like recovery accounts, like they're only telling or showing or explaining the like beginning stages of recovery. Yeah. Like I don't feel like many people touch or like beginning or even like the end. Like there's like this middle part of recovery that I feel like is not talked about at all of this like having to sit through say this like discomfort having to sit through this like I don't want to use the word disgust because I'm not disgusted with myself at all or like with my body like whatsoever either but just like this foreign feeling of like existing in this new body and taking up this new amount of space and doing these new things that you have either never done before or are so or like unfamiliar to you that either gets masked with the positive side of recovery and like, oh, recovery is great. Recovering from eating disorder is fantastic. Or that's when like the urges and the desires to relapse and to fall back into your disorder hit. And then you can't like, it's like pushing past like that mid wall. Yeah. The way I explain to people that haven't been to eating disorder, like why it's so hard to recover and why recovery is like the stats are kind of bad for it. And kind of how I've explained to other people that come in on campus is like recovery you have to do the things that suck and they're just gonna suck for a while and you have to do it anyway and the reason it's so hard is you have to do recovery things with no reward for a long not a long time and it depends on the person but for a period of recovery you have to do the things that you don't want to do and it's not going to feel good and it's not going to feel like the right thing until eventually like you just have to stick with it even though it sucks and then eventually it won't suck as bad What's so weird is that I feel like 
in the beginning stages of my recovery, like doing the thing that was opposing my eating disorder felt like a reward. Like I was like, hell yeah, I'm recovering. Hell yeah, this is a recovery focused thing to do. And it was made it easier. But then once you do it for like a while and that sense of reward, it gets boring. Recovery can get so boring. Yeah. 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 And feel rewarding, but then- no, because it's like become the normal. And then you just have to push through like that little hump of like when it's yeah. normal, but not normal. And you're still like, it feels wrong, but it doesn't feel as like great as it did before, but it also doesn't feel bad that I'm doing this yeah, anymore. That's the point where you have to just like trust the people. Like I didn't trust any, I didn't believe anyone when they were like recovery is going to, I genuinely, I don't know how I didn't believe it because so many people told me but I just really didn't believe that recovery for me was like going to be any fun or bring any reward or that I was going to have any life that was worth recovery. But that's a point where you just have to like trust even a little bit, even like one person that says recovery is worth it. Like someone that you trust and believe and care for, like hearing them say like it, it's not going to suck forever. And it sounds so cliche, but I understand now like all the things I was told in treatment, like there's a reason they were telling me it's because they were true. Like recovery is not perfect and it's not always like, I don't consider myself like life in recovery now. Like my life is just my life now. And it's again, not perfect, but it doesn't have eating disorder. And it's because I like put a little bit of faith into the people in my life that were telling me that like it would get better. And I feel like that's such a hard thing to put like faith in people. Cause like, especially when you have this disorder it's so isolating and makes it feel like that like you are the only person who knows yourself like I know that when I anytime I hit PHP in the past I always it's like I can recover in res I can like kind of recover maybe like outpatient or be existing but when I get to like a level of PHP I get like feisty and I get very much like, okay, but how do you know that? Like, how do you know that that's right for my body? If everybody's body's different, how do you know that that's where I'm supposed to be sitting at? How are we for sure that like, this is supposed to be that? Like the amount of distrust that like happens at that level is always like insane to me, but it's so true. It's that like, you do have to give over all of that control. And I think that because of in the past, like I had always gotten that level of like defensiveness I think when I had to like let go of that last sense of like the unknown because it's scary like to fully just take the advice and believe in somebody that may have never even been through an eating disorder but just has like seen them like enough and knows enough that like this is going to happen but there's that that level of like I don't believe it's going to happen like I don't believe that's true and now Darcy and I can sit here right now and tell you, or at least Darcy can tell you, it's true. It's it true. true. And that's why it's so like this, I'm not even in the field yet. I'm literally 21 years old. I'm an undergrad. But as much as a 21 year old undergrad can be enmeshed in the field of eating disorders and mental health recovery, that's as much as enmeshed as I am. And that's why it's so important to me to like, to be in this position, to be a student and to be young and explain to people that are my age that like, I promise you I have been through it and it's hard to convince like not convinced because I don't need to convince anyone but like to students that don't know my story I just seem like another person telling them that recovery is worth it yeah like as I'm able to build relationships with people and the relationships that I already have like I I see the value in like having someone you care about tell you that like I've seen your journey I've been 
where you are, like literally have been where you are, especially when they're in the treatment setting that I've actually been into. And like, I believed the same things you believed. And I thought probably very similar things to what you're thinking right now. And I no longer do. And it's better. Yeah. Honestly, Darcy, that's like one of the the most inspiring things in like me and my recovery. Like whenever I think about your recovery and like from the moment I met you and where you were mentally and like what you're doing. Like I know we talked about like body checking like at the beginning or like a little bit earlier on. Yeah. And the fact that like you literally used to like log how many times you were body checking I a day. I still have it every single time I body check. My therapist made me journal or like jot it down. Yeah. And now to say the fact that like you don't like that's journal will be fucking empty. <laughs> the journal just not it just doesn't the journal doesn't exist because it doesn't have to. And knowing and being able to have peers and friends, or say best friends who have recovered from eating disorders and to see the life that they're living now and to like because I feel like that there's always those like two sides to people that recover. Like I'm either like, oh that person is genuinely recovered or I'm like, oh that person's like half recovered still kind of like relapsing or still like struggling and like that whole like mindset like you can kind of tell but like with you and your recovery like wholeheartedly I'm like no Darcy doesn't struggle anymore like Darcy did the do of recovery and is now getting to sit on that other side and encourage people to recover and share her story to let them know that like it is possible especially again like coming from like when I met you like you left res when we were together like you would only found a motivation to recover for like a week it was like the last week you were in, you were in res you were like wait I think something's clicking but like the full like couple like month that I spent with you beforehand it was like not that so to like know that like it can change and that like if you put enough heart into it that sounded so <laughs> You just really give it a good go. If you give recovery a good go, it might give stick. It it, it give it all you got, and you might recover. But I mean, yeah, that is kind of true. Like, that's the sucky part. Like I, I dabbled with trying to um, potentially consider writing a book, and I did start. And part of the, like, part of what I wrote was that the unfortunate thing about recovery that I think also providers don't say because it's kind of disheartening is that like not everyone's going to recover. And that's a really hard thing to grapple with, like, on both sides of it. Like, when I was in my eating disorder, I was like, well, I know I'm not everyone recovers, so I'm probably just that person. But it also, that's, it's hard because that's not true. Like, not everyone's going to recover, but that doesn't mean not everybody can recover. Like, some people just, they find out too late that, or they develop eating disorder too late and aren't able to go to treatment board, or they're not financially able to, like, go to treatment, and they can't have these resources that other people can have mm -hmm. and that's kind of the second part about recovery but I wholeheartedly believe that not just because not everybody does recover doesn't mean not everybody can recover that was beautiful said Darcy I really still think you should write your book I know that I've told you before but I think you should write a book my therapist thought it was a good idea my dad was like really cool actually all right see look at that you got me therapist and your dad the three most important people in your yeah, life recovery, sexuality and horses a book about darcy a book about darcy <laughs> a biography a biography about darcy autobiography obsessed that's it obsessed obsessed
Uh, I always love chatting with you. You're like one of my favorite people to talk to about. I like to talk to whatever. myself too, so that's cool that we do that. Yeah, nice, 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 nice. That's why you're gonna write a book. It's like you're just yeah. talking to yourself. Yeah. So everybody, go um, check out Darcy's book. Pre-order it right now. It's in your local library um, in 20 years. Yeah. Make, yeah, make sure to subscribe for the newsletter. Yeah, pre-order the book just to be ready for So when it drops, yeah. it's coming to you. Obsessed. I'll open a GoFundMe for the publishing aspect. <laughs> I'll donate. I'll donate. Um, so to wrap it up, wrap it up, Dardar, what are you going to do to take care of yourself this week? This week, so I am actually, you don't even know this, not a huge secret. I just have to tell you. Um, Kelsey and I are going back to her home in Miami for <gasps> part of spring break. And then for the second part of spring break, we're going back to my home in Austin. It's like hometowns, like the bachelor hometowns, yeah, except for you've already met the family, so it doesn't really count. Yeah. And fantasy suites. And wow. Fantasy suites. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, but I'm going to just, you know, I think I've been having this um, nausea aspect that's been going on and off for like the last eight or nine months. And it's been kind of flaring up recently. So I think I'm just going to give myself space and grace to just, like, figure that out. Um, especially being around, like, Kelsey's parents and my parents. Just, like, trying not to let it take over. Because the more I stress about it, the worse it gets. Yeah. Good for I'm proud of you for not stressing about that. Thanks. I Wait. Stress about it. Yeah. But, you know, you're challenging it. At least yeah. you're it's trying to. Re- cycle of anxiety and nausea. Ah. Typical. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I'm gonna do is I'm I'm really trying this week to be like nice to myself. Cause like I realized yesterday when I was texting Kyle, I was just kinda like not I didn't like spiral, but I was being really mean and he was like, dude, just be kind to yourself. And I was like, wait a second, why have I forgotten why did why did I forget to be nice to myself? Like, why did I why was I going back to feeling like over critical yeah it's easy to forget but so for the rest of this week i'm going to be very kind to myself and give myself some hugs and let myself feel what i want to feel feel the feels eat the meals feel the f- i preach that to the fucking choir feel the feels oh, eat the meals feel the feels eat the meals eat the fucking food exist dardar and trip on something that is behind you and on that note i'm not sure what this episode was or what is even going to go up out of this conversation? I we- was going to say something like 20 minutes ago, but like it was good conversation. <laughs> but we really did digress. We did digress. We went, we hit a lot of different points. And I, like I said, I'm not sure what's going to make it into this episode. But thank I you for listening. Just allow it to be, you know, put it in the description like, hey, we went in with this intent, but like um, we just really got carried away into good conversation. So like you never know what you're going to get. You just got to listen all the way through. <laughs> you just got to listen the whole entire episode. <laughs> thank you for listening to the whole entire episode and for making it to this point with darcy and i and our tangents where we are digress and have finished digressing thank you we appreciate you we're proud of you wait for eating the fucking food darcy thanks for eating the fucking food you're welcome i did just for you just for me uh well i guess i'll see y'alls when i see y'alls thanks darcy again for being on darcy will see y'all since she sees y'alls too i will see y'all We'll see y'all. So make sure to, again, make sure to pre-order Darcy's book. It'll be out in 2025. Approximately 10 to 12 business years. Love it. Yeah. Love it.
Can't um, wait till then. Please do slide into my DMs and call me Dirty B. That would be good to me. Cool. All right. Peace out, Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and They Scouts. We love you all. Bye. The girls, the gays, and the theys. And I guess men. If we must. <laughs> we're done. And we're done. You're done. You're done. You're done.